What's up, guys? Roy here, and you're listening to the Balance Meal Podcast series. Tonight's episode will be a dad talk. I have a buddy here, Drew. He's a father of three and an engineer for the Navy. Norfolk Naval Shipyard, All so right. yes. Yeah, so I'm sure we're going to have a great conversation. Enjoy, guys. All right, Drew. It's good to have you on. Good to be here. Still weird to have a Michigan person in my house because my family's from Ohio. Yeah, that's all right. I embrace <laughs> them all. We were never like, we never really hated Michigan or like the state, but I definitely like heard people hate they eat they hate Michigan if they're from Ohio, and the Michigan people hate Ohio people. Yeah, that's really like the University of Michigan Ohio State clash mm-hmm. i mean i really don't fall into that i'm michigan state guy but i cheer for michigan too i have family that went to michigan played for michigan so obviously true blood michigan state but <laughs> i don't i don't get into that rivalry so i think it'll be okay my dad hated ohio state though because he went to ohio university okay and uh yeah he hated that so i think that's something him and michigan people have in common oh absolutely so that's yeah. cool yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty uh, violent, we'll say, between yeah. those two schools. Yeah. So I do think that Ohio and Michigan, as states, they get a bad rap. How so? All because like all you ever hear about from Michigan is Detroit and Flint. Yeah. And then yeah. Ohio, all you ever hear about is like Youngstown, and the terrible things that have yeah. happened. You know? It's oh yeah. Like. <laughs> but I've been in Michigan, and it's a beautiful state. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I mean Detroit, obviously. I mean it's changed a lot. I mean I'm from mm-hmm. suburbs of Detroit, probably mm-hmm. 45 minutes out from the city. Um, but I, I yeah I remember where driving through Detroit, lock your doors. It's don't go at night. That type of philosophy. Mm-hmm. But they've changed a lot. Uh, really trying to renovate the city and things like that. But uh, Flint. From what I, I've never really been there, but from what I understand, it hasn't really changed. Um, but yeah, I mean, Michigan's a big state. There's a variety of different areas. I mean, up north, uh-huh. the lakes and things like that. It, I I enjoy it. I love it. I if I could go back, I would. My wife won't, so yeah. uh, I'm stuck here, which not upset with. But uh, go back for family and have a good time. So yeah, and Ohio is kind of the same way. I mean, you hear crappy things, but we've driven through ohio i mean i've my family's from the southern part of ohio okay but you go through the state and it's beautiful and there's so much cool stuff there mm-hmm. but so, sometimes though you drive through and you're like oh man this place is nuts <laughs> but people say that about, i mean people say about every state especially georgia where i'm from right but uh yeah man and michigan i love because you've got the glove right yep but then there's that oh upper, yeah flip your hand around flip your hand around. oh yeah no 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 so it's oh it's like there that. it okay. is yeah there for those is. of you who couldn't see i had it i had it <laughs> flip the hand so that my thumb was on the left side not the right but then you have that little part at the top right yep, yep. man the, the upper peninsula yep i i will honestly say born and raised in michigan i've never been to the up well you need to change that I know. probably yeah i have driven through michigan to go to canada okay yep um so that's about it yeah. <laughs> it's my Michigan story. Yeah, a lot of people that live down here, they think of Michigan as the Arctic. 
and uh, there's nothing but snow and ice up there. But uh, but it gets freaking cold up yeah. there, right? Because you get I mean, that Upper Peninsula part, right? Yeah, I mean, northern Michigan, absolutely. I mean, I have buddies that went to Michigan Tech, which is, I believe it's in the Upper Peninsula. And, yeah, they're far negative winter temperatures, feet and feet of snow. But where I was from, yeah, winter, I mean, it would get down into the teens and things like that. But and we get a substantial amount of snow, but that's just the – you get used to it. I mean, I miss the snow. It's really it's fun. I mean, as an adult, I don't think I would want it because it's more of a hassle. But as a kid, the snow is fantastic. But you live with the snow. Right. So yeah. it's something that's like a part of your life. Like right. snow is just, it's going to come and it's going to be there for months. Yeah. And you just, you're not going to miss school. Yeah. It's going to be, it's just there. Oh, yeah. It's, and when I moved here, it was just completely eye-opening. And that, yeah. I mean, let's see, I moved here January, or December of 08, I moved down here, uh-huh. started my job in January of 09, and within a couple of weeks, we had a risk of snow, like, and I'm talking mm-hmm. an eighth of an inch fell, and you would have thought that we got 30 feet of snow. It was, it was ridiculous. Man. And, I mean, I get it, right? We don't have the facilities and the, the, uh, the plows and things like that to be able to handle it, but yeah, it's, it's pretty hilarious when it snows around here. Well, yeah, go go uh, ten hours south to Georgia, and it's right. even worse, man. <laughs> yeah, they'll cancel school, and there's a one percent chance. <laughs> Jeez, that's my favorite part about it, though. Like, I remember the last big snow we had here, public school in this, because in this city, Virginia Beach is so big, right? That like, even though we we might have like half an inch, you could be out in the Pungo area. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, the roads are full of ice because, you know, it's oh, right. country out there. Yeah. But we were like eight days, eight days out of mm-hmm. school. I was like, this was amazing. I love it. <laughs> but oh, like, yeah. it's just crazy. But in Georgia, I mean, it's just exponentially worse than it is here. Right. I mean, God, people don't know what to do. And I mean, for, you know, who would, right? right? If you lived in Georgia, you wouldn't know what to do if snow oh, fell. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But the big one that everybody made fun of was that one where it, this, uh, it was like 2016 or 15. And it got like, what happened was it snowed a little bit and then, or, and then it became ice and then it snowed okay. some more, but it wasn't a lot. Right. But what happened was everything shut down all at once. Okay. And so everyone in the in the entire city of Atlanta was trying to go home <laughs> in the snow, including like school buses. Right. And it became such a mess. Like my my friend, two of my friends had crazy stories. One of them, he's forty five minutes from his house. It took him nine hours to get home. Oh my god. My other buddy, uh, he left his car on the highway and walked. And this was like numerous cars were lining the highway. Just left? Just left their cars and just walked home. Wow. I had one, and then I knew, I heard of one guy who he just got a, a, a hotel room for yeah, the night absolutely. and just waited it out. Was like, whatever, I'm right. just going to chill. Yeah. For like an inch. It was like probably an inch of snow. Right. But because that little layer of ice. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's ice is, I, I always laugh. I mean, not so much down here because, again, like you said, a lot of pe- most people kind of are very conservative with respect to driving and, and snow. But you always get those winters out there in the 
big lifted trucks mm-hmm. and they think oh yeah my truck's four-wheel drive i'm fine even when it's icy out and then we even see it in michigan as well and they don't understand the concept that four-wheel drive doesn't help on ice yep so there's idiots and there's idiots everywhere oh it doesn't matter that's an understatement <laughs> yes <laughs> that's an understatement so let's see history of me knowing you mm-hmm. is through wing night yep. which those of you if you've listened to the podcast before, there's been a few few gentlemen on here from an infamous wing night. Yeah, I might be the, one of the last few that came through. Yeah, you are, let's see. So the wing night history, it was it started with Dustin and I, mm-hmm. and then just us hanging out. And then Trevor started coming. Who, right. he was, he's been on the podcast too. But then you were shortly after Trevor. Yeah. And then you've pretty much been one of the most stable forces for the wing night group yeah man look forward to it every other wednesday (laughs) (laughs) and i mean people have come and gone and and the most part the group's been at like 11 but yeah so you've been you've probably been to yeah some of the most yeah wing nights yeah and yeah it's to the point now where my wife heather she's like you got wing night this week right like it's on her her radar as well so yeah my wife she makes it easy for me <laughs> my wife's the same way about that and it's become something that's like such a spectacle right that and such a like i don't know i don't want to say like grounding force in my life because that's <laughs> not what i want to be. but when you've done something like i've been doing this for like probably three four years now yeah, yeah. Like, think about that for a second. Like, we've been going to Bucketheads for almost four years. The amount of of money we've given Bucketheads, even when it's 50-cent wings and, what, $2 (laughs) beers, it's it's pretty ridiculous. The only reason reason I liked going there in the beginning was because they had Presidente beer. (laughs) And, I mean, the wings are delicious, but it's just become... And it's the thing is, like, as we have grown and, you know, become better or like we've we've learned more about ourselves as right. like adults and we're all fathers now i right. think that that restaurant is kind of like it just slowly declined I, I was telling someone you just see more and more duct tape there yep, every absolutely. every year but it's like still there it's a stable force for virginia beach yeah it's it's great people watching yeah. i mean it's i mean the the environment is one of itself and i mean i'll never forget i mean i obviously i look forward to it every other week but I think were you there when that guy had his like one or two year old sitting at the bar? Yeah, and we were all we were all concerned. Yeah, talk about a group of fathers. I never, I, I've never felt so awkward in a bar. Just having well, this child next to a giant DJ speaker while the guy's playing Kino or whatever he was doing. Yeah, it was really loud, and he was on the. It was a Queen machine. That's what it was. And he yeah. was betting. I guess he was on a hot streak, or he's trying to win money. <laughs> and he just kept bringing his little kid, yep. his little one-year-old, right. sitting there playing. And the music is like, <laughs> and like all of us, it was hilarious because all of us we were not having a good time no. because we were like, "What is that guy doing?" And yeah. it's just that was one of those moments when I realized I am forever changed. Yes, because once you you know this yeah 10 years ago i wouldn't even it wouldn't i'd be like right is that okay i'm not quite sure but and that guy's lucky that my wife wasn't there yeah and probably most of our well i don't know 
I don't know if my wife would have walked up to him and said something. Right. I don't think my my wife. She's very standoffish. She doesn't like conflict. So yeah, she would definitely be feel very awkward, uh-huh. be very uncomfortable with it. But she's not one to go up to a stranger and yeah. critique him. And I just, I, oh god, yeah. But anyway, I digress. It was. <laughs> We wonder about that kid. Poor kid. I oh, hope man. he doesn't have hearing issues oh, for the rest of his life. Dang. You know? Right. So you're from Michigan. How'd you get here to Virginia uh, Beach? Went to Michigan State, and uh, I went to a career fair my uh, senior year. Um, honestly, went to uh, mechanical engineering, wanted to be in automotive. Um, that was my dream. And unfortunately... 2007 2008 was when the automotive automotive industry was in a real bad spot uh-huh. had a lot of buddies that uh, got into the industry shortly out of college and they were last one in first one out type philosophy oh yeah so still applied to all those uh, gm ford chrysler all that stuff and uh i was leaving the career fair and saw this display of an aircraft carrier and a submarine and so on and so forth and i was like i got one more resume i'll go up and drop it off, see what they're all about. And next thing I know, I had an interview and went well. And after that, find out, call my mom and sorry, mom, I'm moving to Virginia. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, it was, it kind of just all fell into place. It's, it's, uh, I'm on the nuclear side of things, which sounds a lot cooler. It's not fancy at all, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly going to that interview, I, I had to Wikipedia nuclear power. I knew nothing about it outside of a hot rock makes steam effectively yeah. that's it uh-huh. so but yeah here i am i love it really enjoy it obviously i love the area but met my wife here and don't really plan on leaving so so you just left everything yeah graduated college uh, in december of 08 uh-huh. and uh moved down shortly after that and started my job in january wow so, what yeah, was, was that like it was cha- it was very challenging but kind of almost eye-opening as well liberating liberating uh-huh. if you will where i ended up driving down here with my dad to find a place to live and uh ended up moving in renting a room from a guy um great guy still talk to him every once in a while and fortunately the way the shipyard hires is they bring a group of engineers in together so there's 20 25 guys in my hiring or guys and girls in my hiring class ryan waltz was one of them <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> so uh yeah so it was it was real easy to uh kind of start a network get some friends mm-hmm. and kind of learn the area and not be on your own yeah and i was good buddies with my roommate so i was able to kind of meet a lot of people through him so it was an easy transition but yeah going from kind of very comfortable life in michigan where close to family to mm-hmm picking up and moving 700 miles away it, it was a challenge but it was easy at the same time just because of quickly meeting friends and being able to kind of establish myself here so is it weird to go back home some like since you've left like, uh, or like do you like i guess what i'm saying like because i did the same thing you did i after i graduated i ended up moving here mm-hmm, right left everything in georgia and then like as i was coming back it just was like each year I do it, it's like it's less and less of what I remember. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. You know? I mean, my hometown it it changes every time I go back. So yeah. I still have. I mean, my best friend still lives there. Still got some good friends that I uh, co- keep close contacts mm-hmm. with. So, but yeah, every every time I go back, it's like, what what is that? 
And I mean, that's torn down, their new build there. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's changes every time. Do you like um, end up like, do you see people that you used to know and it's like they haven't changed at all? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then the opposite, where uh-huh. it's like, I'll run into someone that I knew in high school and it's just kind of like, what happened? Like you are uh-huh. 180 degrees from them what you were like in high school some for the good some some for the bad but yeah yeah it's it's part of life i guess i think it was i think it was the best thing i ever did yeah just to just take it take the chance yeah you know yeah i mean i i think it definitely made me i mean i think i grew up a lot in college Uh um lived on my own really starting freshman year um so grew up a lot in college too but Uh definitely being separating myself from the family of just close distance and easy to go home when I needed to and things like that on a weekend because it was only I went to Michigan State was only like an hour away from my hometown so it forced me to really kind of put my big boy pants on and make yeah. sure I can live a live a stable life cool so. yeah I think that I think I grew up the most since I've moved here yeah because it's easy, right? It's easy when you're, like you're saying, it's easy when you're home. Right. Everything's, you know, you know where to do everything. You know where to go. You know what to do. All right. that stuff. And, like, you come here, you leave and go someplace new, and you have to rebuild everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with, like, the job thing, I was lucky that I just, like, I just went on Craigslist and filled out a bunch of applications. Oh, did you? And then I got a job the day I got here. And oh, that nice. saved me. Right. Because, I mean, there's people that I've known that have moved with their significant other, and then they mm-hmm. didn't have a job, and then they were just constantly just, it was a hard transition. Yeah, that that makes it you a know? lot harder. Moving to a new place without stability is mm-hmm. not something I would want to be part of. Because for me, like, I moved with, with my wife, or my she was my girlfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and so the social network was all people from with her, and so I was just the boyfriend. But then when I had the job, it gave me that thing where like, oh, you're just Roy, mm-hmm. you know. And so that was kind of cool. So I like it. And then how'd you meet Dustin? Because that's how you know. We Dustin, he was hired into the shipyard either six months or a year before me. Okay. Um, and actually, when I after I got the job at the shipyard, I was still uneasy moving to a new town, not seeing where I was going to work and things like that. So I actually uh, made a trip down to Virginia Beach and the lady that interviewed me and things like that kind of set me up to do a site tour and stuff like and whatnot. So uh, and then after the site tour, she's like, I got some new engineers you can go to lunch with them. And uh, Jarrett Nicholson, I don't know if you remember him. Mm -hmm. He was hired in with Dustin. He was part of that lunch crew. Um, and then kind of networking or just kind of with the group that I knew with Ryan and such, we ended up becoming friends with Jarrett and Jarrett was friends with Dustin and that's kind of how it all worked out. So, Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So got the whole history and the story out of the way. Yeah. Right. So, um, I usually ask about, cause I have you choose your favorite drink and you were you said two things you said woodford and founders all day ipa yes so first off woodford's delicious Mm -hmm. that that that's no surprise 
that's probably why you liked it, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I told you before, I thought it was funny that you're founders because it's a Michigan beer. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, tell us once why why it is that you chose founders for this conversation. Founders, well, I'd like to say that I, I said Woodford or founders, dealer's choice, and you decided <laughs> to grab both, which I'm not upset with, very appreciative of. Um, but yeah, founders, it's. Obviously, it's a Michigan beer. I wouldn't say I like it because it's a Michigan beer. I do enjoy a lot of Michigan beers, but I'm a big IPA guy. And uh, really just once I kind of came across it, like the flavor and really one of the best parts about it is lower alcohol content. So most IPAs obviously are 7, 8 plus uh-huh. um, percent alcohol. So it's something where you can casually drink it over time and it kind of fits its name. You can drink it all day and... Hence the name, yeah. All day IPA, right? Yeah, yeah. And be able to get up the next morning if you need to. If you're ever looking, if they don't ever don't have founders, look for Terrapin Recreation Ale. That's something I haven't it's, had. It's similar to this, and Terrapin's a Georgia brewery. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only one that I drink from Terrapin. But yeah, they uh, got a lot of weird ones out there. Yeah. yeah, so many weird beers. Yeah, it's annoying. It really is annoying. <laughs> I don't care who's listening. It's annoying that there's that many. <laughs> Weird types of beer. Yeah. And I'm not the guy that, like, I don't like Bud Light. I'm not going to drink that. I want to drink something a little bit better. But right. it's a, I mean, jeez, right? Yeah. It's, it's like mango quadruple IPA with lactose. Like, I saw a beer <laughs> like that one time, and I was like, that's too much. But anyway. Yeah. We could talk about that all night. Oh, absolutely. So, how many, how many kids do you have? I have two boys and one girl. Yeah, two boys and one girl. Yep. That's cool. Are they, uh, how old are they? Uh, Easton's five, Blake's three, and Mia is almost three months, about two and a half months. Yeah, so So. newbie. Yep. Yep. And you guys were trying for a girl. Yep. You wanted a girl. Yeah, really the story goes when Heather and I were dating, and of course when you're dating, you talk about kids when you're serious Mm -hmm. and such, and Heather grew up in a big family. She's got uh three other siblings she so she wanted four i wanted uh-huh. two such that i mean I, I i grew up in a family of two kids so kind of agreed to meet in the middle at three um i'm last of kin so i was really stressing out i really wanted to have a boy and obviously i lucked out my first two were boys so when i had two boys i was kind of i was set yeah I, I didn't want to have another one and we got to talking and i resisted for a long long time uh, but she really wanted a girl so we basically made the agreement. All right, we'll try for one more. If it's a boy, we're done. Like, yeah. I mean, three strikes are out. So, uh, but <laughs> we lucked out. It was a baby girl, so uh, we're good. Man, so yeah, I'm the last of kin too. Okay. Me and my brothers are. Okay. Uh, and so, I remember my grandpa telling me that one time. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you're 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 gonna carry on the Clemens yep. name, and then my brother had two girls, and they're not having any more. Oh, well, so you got Jasper. I was, I was, I was, I was glad I had a boy. Yeah. That's got to be wild having two boys in the house because we had all three boys. Oh, wow. And it was just constant, just chaos and oh. destruction. At two boys, it's the same way. <laughs> same way. I mean, my boy, Easton and Blake couldn't be different. Really? I mean, Easton, which is my older one, five years old, very, very polite. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use the word sensitive, but just 
Yeah, we'll, we'll say very sensitive. Yeah. Not a not a rough kid. Mm-hmm. Blake, on the other hand, he's a wrecking ball. I mean, he's just a little ball of muscle that all he wants to do is run and really break things. He's a he's a lot of fun, but a very big handful at the same time. Man, yeah, my brothers, me and my brothers are the same way. I mean, we were all boys, like the boy energy, but. Mm-hmm. I'm the more sensitive one than my brothers are. Okay. Man, I just... Have you ever walked... Has, cause they're, say their ages one more time. Five and three. Five and three. So they might not be old enough for this, but I remember my dad coming into our room because we all three shared a room Okay. for a while. And just he came into my brother jumping off his bed and elbow dropping me mm-hmm. off of my bed into the floor. <laughs> And just, and yep. that was like, oh, it's a Tuesday. Right. <laughs> Knock it off, kids. Yeah. No, we've had, Heather actually told me a story. Um, she's been home for the last 12 weeks on paternity, on paternity leave. And uh-huh. uh, so she had the boys over the summer and not now they're at school. So it was just been her and me for the last couple of weeks. But uh, boys are out playing outside. They're always outside, which is great. Trying to keep yeah. it how how I or how it was when we were younger not no video games and just go play get dirty have some fun mm-hmm. and uh she's in the kitchen doing something making dinner whatever it was and she hears a scream she walks over to the back door she sees uh Blake running to the door Blake gets to the door Easton's chasing him when they get there I want to make sure I get this right I think like Easton pushes him and Blake literally turns around, form tackles him, and like UFC gets on top of him and is just pounding him. And poor Easton just <laughs> curled up into the fetal position. And it's just like that's the relationship oh. between those two. They are best friends. They love each other, but I mean, at the same time, they fight like enemies. I mean, yeah, boy energy is different. Oh, absolutely. My brothers are the only people I've ever punched in the face. <laughs> You know, yep. like that's it. This is the thing. Like, right. I don't know. You, you've had, you just have, I don't know. But that's how, you know, that's how we like deal with the issues. Mm-hmm. You know, you get mad if there's a physical altercation and it lasts, it's like a last for however long yep. and then it's over. Yep. And you're back to whatever. Right. Yeah. So it's pretty, that's wild. <laughs> Man. So is it a big transition from the two to the three? Not yet. Uh-huh. Um, but obviously with Mia being so young, not crawling or anything like that, I refer to it as the zone defense that I need yeah. to plan on, but a little, mo- little, obviously more of a transition because mm-hmm. you're outnumbered with, the, yep. with respect to Heather could take one. I could take the other, but now one's got to take two and one, one can take one, but it's been relatively smooth thus far, yeah. but I first see it being a little bit challenging <laughs> as Mia gets a little bit older, but we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Man, it's cool though. You know, Mia's gonna have two older brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. She's you know, I, it makes me feel very comfortable. Yeah, especially if Blake stays the way he is now, I have no concerns with protection for her. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, I mean, I knew as soon as as soon as we got the first ultrasound, I knew I was like, that's, yep, I'm I'm done. Like I am wrapped around her finger already. So really, oh yeah. And Heather jokes me all the time because when Easton and Blake were were infants. It'd be kind of like, all right, yeah, you can cry. That's okay. But now when Mia cries, it's like, all right, what, what's the matter, sweetheart? What can I do for you? Like, I am oh. I just automatically act different with her. So 
That's I'm screwed. I'm screwed. <laughs> she's, whatever she wants, she's going to get. <laughs> That's cool. Um, what were their birth stories like? Was it intense? Was it easy? Was it very, very different? Uh-huh. So starting with Easton, all of them came early. Really? All of them came around 37 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, with Easton, our first, we actually, I think it was Heather's 37-week appointment. Um, it was at 7.30 in the morning. I had I wanted to go to the appointment just because our first baby. Figure out, I'll go and support and kind of learn the process. And uh, I'm sitting in the room. Doctor's doing her thing. And I'm just sitting there thinking about, okay, I'm going to work after this. When I get there, I get to do X, Y, and Z. And all of a sudden, I hear, you're having a baby today. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I still got three weeks. <laughs> so, and I just, I kind of looked at her and I was like, pardon? She's like, you're having a baby. Like, And I was so kind of just dumbfounded to the point where finished up and we're walking out. And so I looked at the at the nurse and I was like, so like, can we run home and like make pack the bag, grab the car seat? And she looked at me dead in the eye. And I was like, you don't understand. I am walking her to labor and delivery right now. And it was one of those things where it's like, I'm sorry. I just, like, <laughs> I think you, we need those things. I, I, I yeah. thought we had some time. Um, so, yeah, I never ran so many red lights in my life because obviously my first kid, I don't know if, I don't know if Easton was going to come 10 minutes later or 10 hours later. So yeah. I didn't want to miss the birth. So ran home, literally just grabbed everything in the drawers, threw it in a bag. I don't know if, if I had enough stuff, the right stuff, what it was. <laughs> and got back there, obviously made it in plenty of time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, my biggest memory with that is just Heather, like the, the nurses were dumbfounded with her. Like she was so relaxed. Oh, really? Just not in pain, nothing. Just like, just, yep. Just hanging out. I mean, just sitting on the bed, just waiting to have a baby. And it went incredibly smooth. Um, and yeah, it was, it was awesome. I mean, we got 7.30 appointment. I think Easton came around like 3.30-ish, but very, very oh, wow. smooth. A little bit of a scare. Heather's oxygen content went down a little bit, so she effectively passed out right after Easton was born. So that was a little, little scary, but yeah. put a little mask on her, and she came back, and it was great. Um, but, yeah, it was very smooth. Easton came out nice and healthy. Um, for Blake, Blake was uh, – an interesting experience. So we, uh, with Blake right around 37 week appointment, whatever it was, Heather went to the doctor and, um, she was dilated. And so we're kind of like, well, Easton came very quickly. So what do we do? They're like, just go home. Don't go very far from the hospital, but just go home and relax. And, uh, Heather gets up in the middle of the night, thinks she has to go to the bathroom and she didn't have to go to the bathroom. So she wakes me up. And, uh, so, all right, we get up. Fortunately, uh, Sue, my mother-in-law was there. So she stayed with Easton and we, I thought I was having Blake or she was having Blake in my truck. Wow. It was about five thirty in the morning. So right around shift change at the hospital. And so I pull up into Centera Princess Anne, drop her off at the door and quickly go throw the truck in its parking spot. I don't even know if it was handicapped or not. And so she's, it, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's a long hallway yeah. to like mm-hmm. the check-in area. And I get there and I've never screamed at an old woman, old lady <laughs> until that moment. So I park the truck, run inside and 
here's poor Heather literally waddling down the hallway. And there's this old lady sitting at a check-in desk for another part of the hospital, just staring at her. And I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, can we get a wheelchair? Like she was just like, "Mm, yep, she's, she's walking. (laughs) So old lady kind of just looked at me. So we walk, get Heather to the check-in area. They looked at her. I was like, we'll we'll check in later. Go to, go to a room. And we probably had every labor and delivery nurse, nurse in the hospital, both oncoming and offgoing. And as you, I'm sure you know, Heather is a very reserved person. Mm-hmm. So they tell her, they give her a gown, hey, go into the bathroom, get changed. And she's in there. Hopefully she doesn't get mad at me for this. But uh, she's in there getting undressed to put her, her gown on, doors wide open. Every, every, everyone's getting the show. And she just keeps saying, I want the epidural. I want the epidural. <laughs> and the nurse is standing next to me. And she's like, okay, honey. Okay, honey. And she looks at me and she's like, there's no time. And I just, was, I looked back at her. I was like, just keep telling her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she gets her gown on, comes over to the, uh, the table or I'm sorry, the, uh, the bed and they're checking her and stuff like that. And I can just see the fear in these nurses eyes because like the baby's coming, there's no doctor in there. And it literally was doctor walked in. Like they had kind of like the, the, the doctor's little gloves and gown all set up. And it was like, step into the gown, sit down, catch a baby. Wow. It was that quick. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Fortunately, obviously Blake came out very healthy and it was, it was, it was good from there on. But yeah, that, that probably 30 to 45 minutes worth of time was ridiculous. 30 to 45 minutes mm-hmm. versus yeah. hours. Yeah. The first one. And then for Mia, she was actually induced. Uh, which is kind of funny because Heather is a very relaxed person. But when mm-hmm. she started, I, I think, again, her 37-week appointment, she had high blood pressure. Uh, but it, we were thinking about it after the fact, and every time she went to the doctor, it was right after work. Uh-huh. So, he was, obviously, she she loves her job, but she works with kids all day, and it's not the most relaxing job. I have high blood pressure when I leave <laughs> right. teaching so, all the time. We put yeah. put two and two together there, but... Because of her high blood pressure, they're like, all right, well, we're just going to induce you to reduce risk of the baby and things like that. So they're like, call tomorrow at 7 a.m. And if we can get you in, we'll we'll bring you in and induce you. And uh, we called. They didn't have a bed. So we went to breakfast and kind of tooting around town. And they called back and said, come on in. Went in, sat down. They ended up inducing her. And uh, what's ridiculous about that is the doctor came in. This was 527. The doctor came in, checked her, and said, I'm going to go break a lady's water, and I'll be right back. We're going to have this baby. And I'll never forget texting my family. I'll be like, oh, she's coming. And uh, five minutes later, a doctor walks in, and I think it was four pushes, and here, here's Mia. It was the, the – I mean, I thought Blake was fast. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, wow. But yeah, it's a, all different, but the same. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, great, great experience. Never forget them. But yeah, it was three, three healthy kids. So, man, very lucky. I love hearing birth stories because mine was so different from everybody else's. How so? Mine was in the bedroom upstairs. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So there's yeah. more to this house than. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
we had I had such a like it's it's the same but different scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we did the home birth, we had the midwives, we had okay. all that stuff. Yeah. But you know, it's so much waiting. Right. But then it like happens and it's like so fast. Right. And then everything starts moving into place. Yep. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting. Like sometimes I feel like, oh, I didn't have that. I didn't have that like drive really fast in the parking lot and just park my car right. kind of moment like mm-hmm. you got had, you know, because that's what they show in like the movies. Oh, right. Yeah. It was, you it know, it was ridiculous. I mean, I did, you know, we were up. Cause her, our kid was late. Okay. Like she was at 40 weeks. Okay. And we had like two or three days before they were like, if he doesn't come, you're going to have to have a hospital birth. Right. You know, cause you're, you know, it's been this long, but mm-hmm. luckily he came. Um, but our, it's just the amount of the lack of sleep for, it was like a 48 hour process. Oh, wow. Just like pre-labor and stuff. And like, not like, you know, a lot of, you know, there were the contractions, things like that. I mean, right. I did go, like, I remember, like, having to go get Benadryl and Chick-fil-A and then watching <laughs> Wreck-It while Ralph while my wife slept because they told her <laughs> that she needs to sleep for a few hours right? because she was pushing too hard. Oh, wow. Uh, well, she was pushing a lot and, like, nothing was happening. Right. So they were like, you either just need, you need to take a rest. Right. Like, it's not coming. You're going to wear yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... But yeah, it was it was a wild experience because I had all of what you had, mm-hmm. but like in one room, right? <laughs> like in here, <laughs> yeah. It was just it's just wild. It's wild. It's it's a wild experience. Yeah, I mean, going. I mean, when we were getting ready to have Easton, like I and Heather's one of the toughest women I've ever known. Um, but I like always thought I always thought about just like the movies and where they're mm-hmm. screaming and just absolutely just horrific scene of just pain and i was like is that how this is gonna be Mm -hmm. but very fortunate i mean obviously it's all heather but yeah she relaxed calm and i yeah i think i I say this a lot but birth the whole process is walking this razor thin line between order and chaos oh absolutely the whole the whole time Mm -hmm. like you can plan and do everything you you everything leading up to it, mm-hmm. but really, it's like you have no idea what's going to happen. Oh, absolutely! You know the wind can blow a certain way, and right. then you're all of a sudden you're doing everything different than what you thought. Right? You know, and it's it's just oh my gosh, it's I've never been more tense in my life. Oh, absolutely! You know, because yeah. you, you you're waiting and. You're waiting to see what's going to happen, and there's so much emotion. I mean, it's the most present I've ever been in my life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's amazing and wonderful, and like right. to be in the experience of that. But man, oh, yeah, jeez. Well, I mean, I'm a, I wouldn't classify myself as a control freak, but I'm a planner. Mm-hmm. I like to know what's upcoming, and yeah, especially, I mean, having a child. I mean, all three kids, as soon as the baby came out, I counted toes and fingers. Just really was curious. Obviously, it wouldn't matter if they had seven toes or whatever, but it was just, it was like almost looking for issues just because yeah. I had mm-hmm. that, that concern of everything good. I mean, so. Yeah, and but. there's things they don't tell you. Like, I wish they would have told me that his head's going to look different when it comes out. <laughs> With Easton, that was my first question to the doctor. 
Houston came out and they went to skin, skin to skin and did all that. And I remember waking up the doctor and be like, um, "Is that is that going to go down?" Because he had he had the huge cone head. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Yeah, she just started giggling. And was like, "Yes, yes, it will." Because <laughs> I remember being like seeing, you know, seeing it and just being like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. And I was like, "Nobody told me about this." Right. Yep. And then you know that they they all laugh at me too. Right. And that's, I don't think that's fair because you got to say it, it might look different. Yeah. But, but apparently it happened with me. Oh, really? And my mom just kind of like, as she like was nursing me and stuff and she mm-hmm. like rubbed my head and stuff okay. and it just went. And I mean, his head's fine. Yeah. It's, so, it, so was Eason's. <laughs> it's great. It's just like, it's just, I was, I, I was like, I, I just, God, I was so like, what? But even like, yeah, like even with cutting the cord, mm-hmm. I mean, they, handed me the scissors and they're like all right cut the cord dad and i'm like here or here or here like just i want to do it right i don't want to screw this up yeah and they're like just cut the cord and i'm like i'm sorry like just snip just but. look <laughs> we need we i mean dads and men in general we right. just need if you say cut something tell us where to cut it right like cut it an inch from here oh okay that's yeah. cool Measure twice, cut once. Like yeah, I know. You're gonna do the little thing with your pinky. That's what I would. That's what I would do. I'd, I'd use my pinky because the, the pinky knuckle is, or no, your your finger knuckle. The length is an inch. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, it's about an inch. So at your huh. knuckles, you can yeah try it when you get home. Yeah. I don't know if it's the middle, it, but it's. I think it's the tip of your finger to the first knuckle is about an inch. Yeah, there you on go. all your fingers. Anyway, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So, um, did your mom ever talk about your birth story? It's funny because I was talking to her on the way over here, and I was telling, her, "Yeah, mom, I'm going on a podcast." And of course, my mom loved her to death. But what's a podcast? <laughs> so I had to kind of explain it to her and such. Yeah. And no, my birth story was kind of—I mean, I don't want to call it boring, but just just pretty mm. normal, I guess. I mean, I was. Born at uh, right around 2 a.m. and went to the hospital. And my mom woke up in the night, went to the hospital, and had birth. I mean, I think the most dramatic part of it was I think my my mom couldn't recall, but uh, I think my dad was coming off like a either a horrendous work week or something where he had been up for days or something like that. So mm-hmm. that was obviously I'm sure a challenge for him. Um, but yeah, there are not too many fireworks with me. But you're here. Oh yeah. So that yeah. that it's good. Yeah, she told me uh, <laughs> came out nice and healthy, and then got nice and nice and fat real quick, and that was about it. Yeah. Cool. Not 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 an interesting story, I guess. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right on. Uh, what's your? So let's talk about your dad. What was your dad like? My dad's great. I, he's I look up to him, talk to him all mm-hmm. the time. He's always my sounding board. Um, very growing up he was very hard-headed uh-huh. very firm i see a lot of him and me um but yeah he was great uh, just very very strict um but it, it i always think about it both my mom and my dad but really my my dad that's i remember growing up and no dad you don't know what you're talking about you don't know what you're talking about you're wrong and as i get older it's like it's one of those things where I haven't found one thing that my dad told me mm-hmm. that didn't turn out to be correct. And it's like, and now it's still funny, to this right? day of just a general conversation. I'll ask him a recommendation on a house project. Mm-hmm. And that's always in the back of my head of, 
even if I don't believe him, he's probably going to turn out to be right. So I probably should just go with his guidance. So, yeah, I still have a great relationship. He's still in Michigan. Uh-huh. Um, he goes back and forth to Florida just because he hates Michigan winners now. Um, but, uh, yeah, great guy. Definitely uh, gave me a lot of tools in life to be able to be successful. So, What did he do for a job? He... He worked in the auto industry, okay. um, pretty much engineering sales, and he still does that. He uh, works for a company based out of the Czech Republic now. Um, Whoa. Yeah, that's, he's, he's kind of dabbled all around. He worked for a lot of supplier companies um, when I was growing up. He started as a tool maker, um, got into the sales, um, did all that, ended up branching off with one of his good friends, started a company um as a su- automotive supplier got out of that and now he's working for a company based in the Czech Republic that makes pretty much a large percentage of automotive emblems so pretty much any emblem on a car he's either been part of it or had a bid on it or something like that so like even like Toyota mhm yeah i mean some com- companies that i've never heard of i mean i'm a car guy but obviously it's based in europe so there's some car manufacturers out there that i'm not familiar with but yeah he's some really cool emblems like when i go home like there's a little storage area in the basement uh-huh. i'll kind of dig through them and there's some pretty pretty ridiculous emblems that wow that they've made. yeah that's cool yeah, he's he's got an awesome job he's the only one in north america for the company so he works from home he has an office at, it, at his house and uh goes back and forth to europe every once in a while and Kind of does his thing. So maybe the emblem on my car might have gone through your dad. That's very possible. That's pretty wild to think about. Yeah, it's wild to think about that. Like that piece Mm -hmm. of a car isn't made in the factory, right? Or it's made somewhere else. Yeah. No. I mean, I don't know how many tiers there are. Maybe I want to say three. But Uh you have the OEM, which is ford dodge chrysler bmw whatever it may be and then companies that supply them but like a tier one supplier provides it to the oem so a tier one supplier would supply it to ford Uh but then they contract out to another company which may contract out to another company so no longer is everything made in one factory oh no 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 henry ford's long gone so that's crazy so that's a it's it's an interesting industry. I mean, I still stay very close to it. I would love to go back to it, but unfortunately I'm at a point where I love this area. I love my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and to go back to that industry would be definitely a career cut to say the least. And is it like the thing like, so like if you're in Indiana, everybody loves baseball or basketball. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So like Michigan, everyone, Everybody works in the automotive industry. Oh, pretty much, yeah. It's just that that's what it is. Well, it's yeah. it's unique, too, because every time I go home, I see cars that I've only seen online. And really? not like exotics or anything like that, but just down here, cars are so few and far between with uh-huh. respect to the same. There's so many Suburbans. There's so yeah. many Tahos. Mm-hmm. There's so many Camrys. Um, but there's such a vast variety in Michigan. Just because it's like that's where everything starts. I suppose so. Wow. Yeah, I never really understood why, but yeah, it's 
so many every time we're driving down i-75 which goes from ohio to michigan mm-hmm. i just again i'm a car guy so i'm always looking at cars on the road there's so many cars that i see it's like man that car's two years old and i've never seen one in person wow so, that's cool yeah is it funny to think because you talk about how your dad his suggestions are usually right mm-hmm. to think your kid might say the same thing about you I've never thought about that. Like that's that's the thing I think yeah. about because I think like he learned his stuff from probably his dad. Right. You know? Yeah. Or and just experience, mm-hmm. right? Cuz really the suggestions are right because of experience. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. the only, you know. Yeah. And probably he might have found out something, but it, you know, it's just right. it's just experience. Yeah. And it's just funny cuz I I thought I think about that cuz I think like what do I know? Like, what are the things that I know that, mm-hmm. like, my kid's going to ask me or something like that? Right. But that's pretty funny that, like, what do I think I should, what do you think I should do, Dad? <laughs> no, you're doing that wrong. Ah, shut up, Dad. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, you're doing you're it like, yep. You're right, Dad. <laughs> and then you're going to be, you're going to have a moment that's going to happen in a few years. And you're right. going to be like, oh, yeah. Yep. That's yeah, it. I've this never, is that moment. I've never looked past just that thought of, mm-hmm. yeah, Dad. Dad knows what he's talking about, but mm-hmm. hopefully. Well, I've had that thought because being a teacher, like when I tell kids the biggest thing, when I have to tell kids to show their work, cause I, I mm-hmm. teach math. So it's like, you okay. have to show your work. And I remember like hating it as a kid. I don't want to just know the answer. I just want to <laughs> right. give it. But then I'm telling the kids show your work and I'm watching them get just as frustrated mm-hmm. with it. And I'm just like, this is weird. <laughs> this is weird. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. So what do you think, um, what are things about him as a father? um, Has there been anything that like you do or say, or you've taken into like parenting? A lot of my, I find myself saying, I'm trying to think of specific Mm -hmm. um, quotes, if you will, that he's said to me. Like a lot of, I'll I'll catch myself in the moment where I'll be saying it to Easton or to Blake. I'm like, Oh my, yeah, that's dad. Dad's coming through <laughs> me right now. I mean, I've I very much, yeah. and obviously I do it out of pride, but I mm-hmm. try to emulate him on many, many parts of parenthood and things like that. And, but yeah, I find myself just naturally doing things he did when I was being a little shit too. So <laughs> oh, sorry. Can I say that? On you here? can say shit. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah, he's, yeah, he's, it's I, I, it happens very frequently where he pops into my head when mm-hmm. doing something with the boys and things like that. So, so he was a pretty present father. Yeah, very cool. much so. Yeah, he uh, he worked a lot, uh, but uh, at the same time when he was home, like we we'd go out and do things. He coached me in soccer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd always go to the auto shows and gun shows and things like that together. Um, my parents split and when I was in middle school and uh, I spent a ton of time with him well back and forth between my, my mom and my dad mm-hmm. but I spent a ton of time with him um, in the latter parts of middle school going into high school and yeah we developed a great great relationship I mean we had one before but mm-hmm. definitely as I was growing up we were he was there the whole time awesome yeah yeah that's cool um, has there been anything What's been the hardest thing so far about parenthood, being a dad? Hardest thing. 
or has there been something that you're just like, because for me, I, I know, I, I always think the hardest thing for me was having to focus on someone else. Yeah, that and that's kind of what's rolling through my head right now. It's parenthood starting with Easton all the way to Mia has changed for me. Really? Um, when, when Easton was first born, obviously I told the birth story, came out very healthy. But we tried, or Heather tried, I really didn't have much of a part of it to, to breastfeed and stuff like that. And we really, mm-hmm. I mean, she was putting everything behind it. And unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to happen. But w- not only having your first child and the stressors with that and the transitions and stuff, mm-hmm. but watching Heather going through all that, I mean, just it was it was wearing her down. I mean, she is incredibly strong, but Easton wasn't latching so she would try to pump to be able Mm -hmm. to provide and such like that so and then because we were doing that and trying so hard being and our first child kind of got away from us where Easton was losing so much weight that it wasn't dangerous but it was definitely a concern Mm -hmm. so then we had that stressor as well and it just it was a very hard transition for me to, to from just Heather and I dating married and just living our best life with nothing to worry about to now I have a human being to care for yeah um, I struggled um, and obviously I've learned a lot grown a lot all the way through Blake and with Mia um, so that that was very difficult but really it's the expectation of a child um, I have gotten a lot better but just the simple thing of if I tell Easton or Blake to go do something Mm -hmm. like just naturally, I'm like, he needs to go do it, but it's a kid. I mean, (laughs) one, they don't hear you Two, They ignore you three. They don't understand whatever it may be. And Mm -hmm. I find myself getting frustrated and almost have to check myself to, it's like, wait a minute, this kid's three years old. Like you're not telling an adult to go do something. Yeah. And it's, (laughs) it's very challenging because the frustration and the emotion starts to come out and it's, I had to kind of look at myself and be like, Drew, what, realize who you're talking to here. Yeah. So that that's very challenging. Yeah, they don't have that part of their brain hasn't developed yet. Right. Yeah. So it's <laughs> you know? fortunately Heather Heather will put me in my place quite often. Of do you realize like he doesn't understand what you're saying? Say it in a different way. Yeah. And my I'm just like no. Why can't he understand? And again, it's just he just needs to do it. Right. I get into that kind of tunnel vision of I've told him what to do. Go do it. So it's it's been difficult. But so was it hard? Like with what you were saying with with her, as like watching her go through something, and there wasn't anything you could really do. Was it like that kind of feeling? Yeah. Yeah. It was just. Yeah, really 100%. Mm-hmm. So not being watching her really just degrade because she's oh. putting so much she's trying so hard and not quitting. Mm-hmm. Um that was that of course just when your wife is struggling so hard that that hurts, it eats you inside. That with just the stressors of Easton losing weight and really wanting him to gain weight and all that stuff and really what what got to me was I'm a very deep sleeper still mm-hmm. to this day. I don't <laughs> hear, too. I don't hear the children. Yeah. me too. I mean, I'm sorry, Heather, but 
I don't, I don't, I don't ignore them. I just don't hear them. Uh, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I don't hear them. And even more so like I'm one, I, if I need to stay up all night, I'll, I'll, I can stay up all night. But once I fall asleep, mm-hmm. waking up and being there and present and yeah. cognitive to actually function is very, very difficult for oh me. So God. like yes. when we were in the midst of it with Easton, like, Heather would wake me up. Hey, can you feed them? And I'm going to go pump and stuff. And then she would come back to the room and I'm, I fell asleep again, holding Easton with the bottle and just, it almost kind of gives you that inadequate feeling of like, yes. I'm trying my hardest, but, uh-huh. and then all that just adds more stress to her because then it's like, well, my thought is, well, she can't trust me because I, I don't have the awareness to hold a child and feed them while she's off doing something. So that, that really was difficult as well. So, yeah, I, I can totally relate to that part. I, there's this one time. So this has nothing to do with, with fatherhood, but this <laughs> is just like with regards to deep sleep and, and like how I wake up. Mm-hmm. So we had our old cat, Mr. Bojangles, used to love to bring. He was an indoor-outdoor cat. Okay. And would he was a really good hunter and would bring okay. us things all the time. Oh, presents. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of the presents he would bring us weren't dead. Oh, nice. And so... Just wounded? Yeah, wounded mice, rats, birds. Oh, Lord. And in the middle of the night. And so, like... <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just funny. It's So, like, you you, you hear a squeak, and you know that it's, it's a live mo- mouse that's right. coming into your bedroom. Right. So, <laughs> she wakes me up, and I'm like you with, like, the deep sleeper. Mm. Like, I get up, and I <laughs> immediately like fall off the bed (laughs) and then try to get up and knock something else (laughs) and like i'm stumbling and i can't get anything while she gets up and has (laughs) just gets up and within five seconds has the mouse in a bag and she's walking towards the door and i'm sitting on the floor of our bedroom (laughs) and it's just like just the ultimate failure (laughs) yeah and i mean that's usually how like it is and it's just like you do feel like like what I don't know I, I don't know if something shifts when they become yeah mothers but man it's it's, it's hard yeah it's and you feel like a big dumb animal yep you know yep you feel almost useless it's like yeah you're putting your full effort into it and it's just like oh that was ultimate failure yeah and I mean I'm the same way when you know if if when I'm trying to get up it like takes me a second to like get right. like okay well he's still crying and right she's already out the door right and i feel like oh my gosh this sucks yep the feeling sucks but absolutely you know but i think it's kind of cool to watch how i don't know how they handled it oh no absolutely i mean you just like you gain a perspective mm-hmm. on them that's you just and it only comes when you know when you watch them like give birth and deal with the stuff yeah, and it's just like how do, how do they do it no I, I always i mean not frequently of course it was kind of morbid but like every once in a while i think about like if heather wasn't here i don't know what i would do yeah like i i, I would like to think i would make it obviously i would do everything in my power to provide for my children and stuff but it's just like yeah i'd be lost yeah, it'd be. I think every every 
We all think that, man. Well, good. Every, good. Every I'm not the only one. <laughs> I even told her one time, I was like, you know, I could I could handle him. There would be a lot more scrapes and bruises, and it wouldn't be <laughs> as finessed as when you are doing it. Right, yes. And there's just an art form to it. Right. So, yeah. Now, you know, it's, I don't know if it's genetics or what uh, it is or in their DNA. It's a skill set that I certainly don't have. Yeah, good there around, huh? <laughs> yeah, right. No yeah. joke. What's been? Um, has there been anything that was like the easiest for you? Like anything that like just clicked into place that like you were? It's like muscle memory. You weren't even thinking being a dad. It sounds corny, but and I was thinking about this earlier. It's it's more now. It's just the sports. Really? Yeah. Like. Everything's been new just through infant and a toddler and stuff like that. But just recently in the last year or so, um, Easton of Lake have started playing sports. And like this morning, I coached uh, Blake in a t-ball game. And tomorrow I'm coaching uh, Easton in flag football. And I've never had so much fun in my life. Like it is really uh, just watching them out there and it's just it's hilarious yeah i mean it's when you think and i was actually talking to a, one of the other coaches today i was like when you think you've seen it all <laughs> just a kid does something and it's just like it, you can't help but laugh it is just so much fun and just when they want to watch sports on tv and things like that it's just it's it's great um i don't yeah i mean it's sounds corny but yeah that's that's really the only thing that's truly clicked everything else has been been yeah. something i had to work at so was that something you and your dad did together yeah. sports yeah my dad did a lot of, my dad and i did a lot of sports together yeah but yeah just going out and kicking the soccer ball around and stuff like that it's a blast but. it's got to be wild to watch i don't know when i think of like kids sports under the age of like seven mm-hmm. i just think it, it's just everyone just running around for 45 minutes oh it's chaos it, yeah it's absolute chaos <laughs> <laughs> it's, i mean like with flag football i mean it's easton's five and all mm-hmm. the kids are five to six years old and i mean it's the the league you like the there has to be a center they have to snap it between their legs there has to be a quarterback and what wow. and then they handed off to the running back and we had our first game last weekend and uh-huh. every touchdown we scored the kid ran 10 15 yards the wrong way <laughs> <laughs> and then we would redirect them and then boop they're gone i mean it's just hilarious it's yeah i mean it's and then yeah it's just a pot it's kind of like the the soccer wow. pod where they're all kicking the wall but yet just the entire team offense and defense is just moving down the field so trying you, to grab a flag and they just can't get it so you just once the pod moves you're just like all right yep, just, just keep, keep going. going yep keep going <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hilarious i mean it's it's a great time that's awesome yeah. man so what's been the funniest thing the Anything? funniest thing is just what they say yeah i mean it, i mean some of it it just absolutely gets under my nerves but yeah in the end of the day like Blake's favorite saying right now is you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. (laughs) And he always loves to insert that comment at the worst time. Oh, really? Where it's just like, I'm already like irritated or something like that. And he'll just come up and say it. It's just like, that's hilarious, but it literally is making my blood boil right now. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it's just, 
Ed, I mean, Blake is, I mean, one of the wittiest kids I've ever seen. He just, yeah. The thing he comes up with and says is just, you can't help but laugh. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's got to be the far, I mean, just on a daily basis. Yeah. Both him and Easton, but Blake more so. It's just, Man. they'll come up with a one-liner and it's just like, uh-huh. you should be a comedian. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. My, uh, my boy loves to go, whoa, now anything. <laughs> Yep. Anything goes a whoa. Everything's exciting. <laughs> right. Yep. Just, oh my God. I was like, we're gonna go over here. He's like, what? Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. My favorite thing so far is this summer he cussed for the first time. Really? And that was that was funny. We were I was I was in a hurry. Mm-hmm. We were going to the grocery store and I went down the wrong aisle. I was like, shit. And then he just goes, shit, 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 shit. And he just starts saying it in the grocery store. And I remember when I told Carly, she was like frustrated that she, it wasn't, she wasn't frustrated that he cussed. She was frustrated that she wasn't there to hear it. Oh, right. And I thought that was really <laughs> that's funny. Cool. I was yeah, like, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Because we're, we're just waiting for, because he starts, um, He's gonna be going to the school I'm at, like in okay. the, the pre-K or the, oh, nice. the they call it the cottage, so the two two year olds. Mm-hmm. And I'm just waiting for I can't, I can't wait for it, and I know I'm gonna be embarrassed, but I still can't wait for it when he like cusses there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I get that call because it's yes, <laughs> he's our kid. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm surprised I haven't gotten that call yet. Really, or, really, Heather hasn't gotten that call yet. But we, yeah. Oh, we say we cuss all the time. We try not to, but especially like if one of us stubs our feet, my wife stubs her feet a lot, mm-hmm. and the things that come out of her mouth are like <laughs> it's just a chorus of obscenities. Because I mean, everyone does, right? But it's just it's just like, I remember one time it happened. I don't think I ever told her this. She'll probably hear this eventually. But <laughs> his eyes like were so wide. Mm-hmm. She like hit it. And, I mean, she says. I love when she like gets into this cussing rant. That's my favorite thing <laughs> with her, because it's so creative. It's mm-hmm. not anything like, it's not just like shit. It's like mother, motherfucking sh- oh shit ball sack. <laughs> like it's just so just cr- whatever comes into mind. Yeah, and and, I, and he was just like, whoa, you know? <laughs> mommy, what? Yeah, it was great. So yeah, if if. If and when the boys ever, well, and Mia when she's older ever, get in trouble for cussing, it's gonna be one hundred percent my fault. Yeah, yeah. It's but a team effort I'll, for I'll, us. So. I'll, I'll take the ownership of that. She'll probably point to me, and then I'll point right back to her. <laughs> oh, sorry, right? It's us. Yep. <laughs> has there anything that you'd like? Want? Has there anything yet that you'd want to do over? Like you were like, I should, I would love to have done it this way. Really, it all goes back to the hardest part of just uh-huh. the understanding where a child is in development mm-hmm. and not letting that frustration come through. Because uh-huh. that, I mean, it was yeah. the hardest part, and obviously the hard, hard things are frustrating. And early on with Easton specifically, and I kind of, Heather can answer this, but I feel like I kind of curbed it with Blake. Uh-huh. Um, the emotions and the frustrations would come through and that's that still bugs me today of just like the act i mean obviously i didn't do anything harmful but just showing the frustration to him when 
obviously he had no control over yeah his abilities so that's really if i could go back it would just be knowing what i know now and just the having the skill set that i've developed over time to be able to just understand more and be Mm -hmm. calmer i think as i've had as i've had more kids and just developed more i feel my demeanor and ability to handle stressful situations with them specifically has grown a lot so yeah just go back and start with what i have now from day one so isn't it the worst feeling when you've reacted to them Mm -hmm. it's the worst oh absolutely and you see just the actual the just almost sadness in their Mm -hmm. eyes and it just yeah it makes you crumble yeah it's terrible I've begun to see it now. I mean, I've seen it like I've reacted to the students I've taught mm-hmm. in ways that have hurt them and I've had to go back and yeah, it's the worst, worst feeling. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, just it's awful. A, yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's in the heat of the moment and then you see that and it's just mm-hmm. like, and I, I truly make it a point where if it, if it happens to try to go back after the fact and, mm-hmm have that discussion with them and apologize and dad was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And just rather than just let it go. Cause the worst thing, my biggest fear, and I don't think hopefully I'm nowhere near this point, but I don't want that to be a story when they're older of mm-hmm. yeah, dad always yelled at me or something like that. So trying, trying to just make sure that I have those conversations with them. So, and that's the most powerful thing, really, when you think about it. When you, you hear these stories of, like, adults that had, you know, their parents were really shitty to them mm-hmm. or something. They didn't have the conversation. Right. You know, I think kids kids need those conversations. Absolutely. You know, they need to know that, like, and they need to see that, like, adults can own up to things. Mm-hmm. I think that helps them. That'll help them own up to their own stuff. Absolutely. But it also, like... It disarms, it disarms things. I think in a very powerful way. Right. Because um, I know growing up with like, I mean, my dad was like he would have the conversations after if he had like reacted in a way. Mm-hmm. But I remember like teachers and like adults other than my my parents, they never did that. Adults right. were like always right, mm-hmm. you know. And if they reacted in a way, it was our fault. Right. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Half the battle is just showing up and having the conversations. Oh, yeah. Maybe even more. I think it's like 80. Somebody, I think a couple, what was it? Two or three other people ago, I said something about like, it's 80% just showing up. Yeah. You know? Very much so. Just being present. Yeah. If you're like doing that, the rest of the stuff just works out. Yeah. And even, I mean, beyond just if, if there's a, a hard point in, in the relationship between you and your kid, but even just... Like there's times where the boys will lose their bikes or mm-hmm. something like that because they're not behaving, and when then when they come back the next day and say, "Can I go ride my bike?" Having that conversation of, "Well, let's talk about why you can't ride your bike, not just no, you can't ride mm-hmm. your bike." Yeah. So just trying to reinforce that understanding of let's think about and learn from what happened. So yeah, totally. Yeah. It's powerful. Making it a moment to learn over just because those conversations teach 
teach how like the right and wrong right versus like teaching people pleasing like there's a lot of people that talk about like the corporal punishment side of parenthood and that just teaches it teaches kids to like people please versus Mm -hmm. like a truly understanding of right and wrong right you know so those conversations are powerful absolutely i mean i mean obviously it's very apparent with adults but i would Mm -hmm. argue that even at all stages of development for kids i mean if you go back and really drive to the reason why something is the way it is then that understanding is just reinforced even Mm -hmm. more but it's just a short answer of no you you can't do it because you were bad yesterday or something like that but yeah talk about why so Mm -hmm. they can actually i mean lessons learned effectively so it's almost like we're afraid of consequences giving Mm -hmm. consequences but i think there's power in kids understanding that actions have consequences and actions have what is it a reaction Mm -hmm. you know yeah so absolutely cool is there anything else that scares you you kind of like answered my second my next question i was gonna say what scares you is being a parent but really the my biggest fear is or my i guess it's my biggest fear which Mm -hmm. transitions to my biggest goal is to set them up for success Mm -hmm. i want them to be assets to society i want them to be successful be able to do whatever they want in life and really giving them the tools to be able to to do that so i mean obviously education is very very important but that will only get you so far and Mm -hmm. just having the life skills the street smarts per se yeah to to be successful so that's obviously whatever my kids do i'll love them to death but i want to arm them with as much as possible to to reach their dreams so that's my fear is not giving them everything i can to be able to do that so did your fears for your boys shift like do you have different is it it has to be different from like your boys versus your daughter oh absolutely fear you know absolutely yeah Yeah, i mean again i'm only two and a half months in but Uh i mean the standard fear of just boys and all yeah. that hoopla of just making sure she's making good decisions and not doing the wrong things i mean it's, i guess is the best way to say it yeah. <laughs> is i mean again older brothers help yeah uh, but yeah just making sure that she doesn't make a mistake in life that could ultimately impact the rest of her life yeah what do you view your role is as a dad like i've some people have said like their role is a provider their role is a guide someone said facilitator yeah i would say really just all those but really just a leader Mm -hmm. to allow them to go down the right path let them choose the path Mm -hmm. but help steer them to success and mm-hmm. happiness um obviously i want them to do whatever they want if they want to go into the arts if they want to go into science whatever it may be i mean that's on them as long as they're happy but mm-hmm. to be able to give them the tools to not have any regrets that's really kind of what i feel my role is is kind of do what my parents did for me was just kind of again give me the the knowledge and the experience to make 
decisions I won't regret 20 yeah. years later. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. And the biggest question is, what does fatherhood mean to you? It's different than the role, but what is right. it? Right. Yeah. That's tough. What does fatherhood mean to me? Fatherhood, it's really just stepping out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and putting myself aside. Yeah. I think there's a there's a fine balance where I've heard and seen and witnessed people just kind of putting themselves just away and providing everything and doing everything for their family, which is awesome. But there's a balance too, right? Because if you wear yourself thin mm-hmm. and don't go to wing night, don't, <laughs> don't do things that, that make you happy and kind of bring and bring you back to, to where you need to be. Um, you're really just going to kind of fade away. Yeah. So stepping out of my comfort zone be, and just, but balancing it with the family to be able to uh, give them what they need, but mm-hmm. also make sure Heather and I are happy and things of that nature as well. You know, that's why I have you choose your favorite beverage. You know that, right? I didn't. So that's, yeah. that's fantastic. It's because, because of the simple fact of like, as when you're a father or parent, you do like, you can just give it all. Mm-hmm. And forget about yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a moment like enjoying something that is something that you enjoy, there's a lot of power in that. Absolutely. And a lot of like freedom and a lot of comfort and a lot of stuff like that. Because very rarely, especially with three kids, are you thinking during the day about what is it that I want? Right. You know? And that's a part of the gig, right? Mm-hmm. And that's okay that it is. I was, I was telling someone the other day about how whenever I think about the things that I would be doing besides like caring for him mm-hmm. it's always just sitting and watching like tv right it's never anything that's really of like real value mm-hmm. but it's still hard but like i don't know it's it's you have to find that balance in being a parent yeah or you know well and it's i found i, I still struggle with it mm-hmm. because obviously before you have kids mm-hmm Every, you're doing everything for yourself or mm-hmm. obviously or if you're married girlfriend wife together but yeah. you're making the decisions to of what you want to do and whether it takes 20 minutes or 20 hours it doesn't matter because you only have you mm-hmm. so it, it's a lot of the things that I really enjoyed pre-kids I'm still struggling with kind of being able to truncate it to be able to still do it while not completely removing myself from the family. So it's, it's been a, been a struggle. It is. And it's a, it is a struggle. I think it will always be a struggle Mm -hmm. because I think for me, I'm also thinking about with her and my wife, it's like, well, she probably wants to do some things too. Right. And then you're balancing all of that. Yeah. But it's, it's just, it's such a wild thing. I think that you have to show up for yourself and them and you, there's there's a way there's right. always a way it's just it's never gonna it's never gonna look like what it was right and you just gotta be okay with that yeah it's and it's easier said than done yeah it is um, and it's it's funny because heather and i always talk she's like you need to find something that you can go do and that where it's kind of you can be in your own 
yeah own spot and uh-huh. it's it's tough because a lot like i mean i i'm a car guy right i love detailing cars but detailing cars is hours upon hours and you really can't do that so it's it's been a challenge yeah um and you don't want to become someone that like because i notice you get like the man cave and there's that like retreat right you know and it's like i don't like that idea of a man cave because mm-hmm. it, it it to me a man cave is a retreating you're retreating mm-hmm. from your family mm-hmm. and it's like the family's the negative thing right right but it's not right. It isn't. No, absolutely. But I mean, you. It's funny you say that because Heather and I, are, Heather and I are in the process of moving, mm-hmm. and one of the things I wanted was kind of a room to my own, not for me to be in there by myself, but something that if I want to put some ugly picture, oh, I can yeah. put it on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Right. But but it's not it's not where we finish dinner and I say, oh, okay, I'm going going upstairs and no no girls allowed or no kids allowed it's yeah the family can come in but it's and not to say that heather owns all decorations of the house but an area where it, i can kind of just if i want to yeah. put a corona flag up do it. it it looks like a college frat house i can do it yeah. but we can all go spend time in there and have fun i don't know it's, it yeah. sounds ideal yeah I'm, I'm glad we have a basement because oh, we're, uh, I have like I'm have the hangover poster, and <laughs> she's letting me put a bunch of like I'm trying to go with all the '90s posters of mm-hmm. like the movies I liked and stuff like that. Right. But you know, and it's like you gotta have things that you're doing for yourself. Oh yeah. You know, and you know, and 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 that's 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 only gonna help you be a better dad and a better yeah. husband. Right. Absolutely. Um. But I was just thinking about how it's it just doesn't look like it used to. And I was thinking about we just went to a concert and I was thinking about how like concerts used to be. Mm-hmm. It's just not the same. No. After you've had like a kid and you know, I'm forty. You know, I turned right. forty this year. It's yep. just not it's not the same. I was watching all these like twenty year olds with like four beers yep. running to the front of the stage and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> no that i don't want no part of that man well yeah and i mean life changes i mean mm-hmm. heather and i will go out on a date night and it's just her and i but what do we talk about it's all talk about the kids talk about things we need to do it's mm-hmm. not just like it's not a dating conversation it's good we, we have can to like we can we can talk about things that we don't have time to talk about with the, when the kids mm-hmm. are around it's so it's but i mean it's not a bad thing but no. uh, yeah it's a, definitely a a different change of focus yeah, we, we end up with the same thing, but then I feel like we get those things out of the way, and then there's the other stuff we want to talk about. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you're constantly relearning how to be with oh, each absolutely. other and be as a person. Yeah. Because the kids are ever evolving, right? Mm-hmm. They're never... <laughs> no, yeah. You know, you think you would know that, but no, you no. don't. Every day, it's... Yeah. I mean, Easton, for example, I mean, the kid is incredibly smart, and daily mm-hmm. he'll ask a question and it's just like where did you think of that and it's <laughs> so inquisitive and so mm-hmm. just interesting that he can just that's his thought like it's yeah. he's not trying to press him. he wound up he's wondering and it's like man when i was a kid i wouldn't have thought about that till i was 13 <laughs> and here he is five <laughs> years old asking the same question <laughs> I wish I I wish my parents would have told me questions that I asked when I was a kid. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Because that would I think 
we blew their minds just as mm-hmm. much as our kids are blowing our minds. Oh yeah. You know? So, Absolutely. Yeah. That's fun. What's your favorite car? Do you have a favorite car? Oh God. I or, can't no, I can't narrow it down to one. I is, mean I have a favorite car like let's say this, like type of car. How about this? You had you you were you got eighty grand and you're like you can buy a car with it. What would you get? Right now? Yeah, right now. Eighty grand I'd probably buy the new Corvette. Really? Yeah. That's such a Michigan car guy. <laughs> You're not wrong. Jeez. But it's uh, I mean, I've never been a Corvette guy. I mean, I've I've always obviously followed them and stuff like that, but I've never been one to like, oh, I want a Corvette. Like like Aren't there's they people the, sec- out- the second fastest American car, American made. They car? might be. I mean, just the performance of the mm-hmm. the new one is outstanding, but just yeah. I mean, it's just from the the design of it, it to me it's incredible. But like you always have those Mustang people where it's like they always have, want a Mustang. It, it doesn't matter if it's ugly or beautiful. They they're a Mustang guy, yeah, or girl. But I mean, I change. I mean, my favorite car per type of car changes as new models come out. Really? I mean, yeah. So, so like, you have a favorite truck? You have a favorite SUV? You have all those? Mm-hmm. Wow. What's your favorite? What's your favorite? Uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite minivan? Sorry, sorry, because you said every car. <laughs> I mean, yes. I, I guess if I had to choose of all the minivans out there, the the new Toyota Sienna. It's, wow. It's okay. it's funny you say that, that because wow. when uh, Mia came along, um, Heather had a Forerunner, mm-hmm. and we bought the really the the car seats that are made for three three or three seats next to each other. They're real skinny, mm-hmm. and in anticipation that obviously she would have to put th- three in a row and cause we didn't have the third row in the forerunner. And, uh, obviously it didn't work. Um, and then we had to put both boys next to each other because the, uh, car carrier wouldn't fit in the middle and you put a three and five year old right next to each oh, other. That's, that's that a terrible well. idea. Yes. So yeah. we ended up just upgrading and getting her a new car. And I kept asking her, I was like, honey, we can do a minivan. And, God bless her. She was like, absolutely not. I will not drive a minivan. <laughs> but it's our neighbor just recently got the Sienna, and he drove up in it, and I was like, that's actually that's pretty nice. <laughs> I was I was quite impressed with it. Yeah, my for wife a minivan. Yeah, my wife doesn't want to drive a minivan either. Yeah, they they make it so like I mean minivans are so like efficient. Oh yeah, I mean it's I mean my my sister has them. My mom had them for shoot probably 20 years i mean but and she heather is hellbent against it yeah so <laughs> but hey it is what it is i was always a mustang guy were you yeah um and then i always wanted like a jeep mm-hmm. um but yeah mustangs were probably the ones when i was a kid and most of like early adulthood my buddy in high school had a mustang it was blue with white interior nice that it was gifted it was his dad and his dad gave it to his older brother and then his older brother gave it to him really yeah it had just been in the family i got to drive it one time yeah if i if i had ever had significant excess cash that i could just go blow on a car i'd probably go old classic Mm -hmm. 
So. The classic cars are so much cooler. Yeah. It's the sound. I think it's the sound they make for me. Oh, yeah. That makes it cooler. Yeah. It just sounds like it can do something. Yeah. I know? mean, growing up, have you ever heard of the Woodward Dream Cruise? No. So, Woodward, in where I grew up, it's, if I were to compare it to something here, it'd be like Virginia Beach Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Uh, four or five went, lanes wide, and it goes shoot probably 30 miles and the history behind it is back when my parents are growing up 60s 70s the thing to do on a friday night was to cruise woodward mm-hmm. so they just load up their car and they'd go cruise they'd race and do stuff that they could do back then and get away with it um so they brought it back in maybe mid 90s and it's always in august and it there's millions of people that come to this thing I mean, it's a 45, 55 mile an hour road that literally is jam packed and people are crawling at five, six miles an hour. Wow. And it is just thousands and thousands and thousands of classic, beautiful cars. Man, they just don't make them like that anymore, do no, they? Absolutely not. They really don't. Yeah. It, the, all of them were beautiful pieces of machinery. Oh, yeah. Up until what was that one, that Mustang that was in the vanilla ice? Was it the 5.0? 5.0 still around. Do you remember the wait? Was that the one that just looked? It was terrible. I had a cousin in Tennessee that worked on the ugly. They were the really ugly Mustangs. Anyway, okay. <laughs> but well, I digress. But they just—I mean, they're just—they were beautiful. They were fast. They were powerful. Yep. They were like tanks, and they were just simple. Yeah, I mean, to work on—I mean. Like I said, I love working on cars, but yeah. nowadays with modern cars, I mean, it's... You have to have an engineering degree. Not even that. I have one and I still can't do it. Yeah. I my, mean, my buddy was, he was a, he was a mechanic for a long time and he said, uh, Japanese cars were revenge for uh, Hiroshima <laughs> Nagasaki. Cause he said he had a, uh, I think it was a blazer mm-hmm. apart from a blazer and then apart from like a Nissan. Yep. And it was like so many wires on the nissan yep. part and then the, the blazer was just like you just set it in right click and it works yeah i mean <laughs> it's, it's just, that's the thing it's just yeah. if you have any electronic issue with modern cars just yeah i mean you can't fix it because no, everything is tied together yeah you got to rewire the entire car mm-hmm. whereas if you go back even into the 90s but beyond or before that i mean it's one wire when you replace that you're good to go i mean it's yeah and then nowadays they're they're basically computers inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have the navigation system and the Bluetooth and all that. I mean, right. yeah, it's what in the world? and it's not going to change. It's going to no, keep. No, it's going to get more complex. Yeah. Man, I don't know, man. Yeah, but cars are cool. I enjoy them. I do. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever get like an old one? And I just... hope so. I hope so. I mean. It's in the distant future, I will say that. Do but. the whole Tim the Tool Man Taylor and like have the car that you're working on forever. Oh, absolutely. The kids. Yeah. yeah. It's funny you say Tim. I grew up watching that show. Oh, yeah. He actually lived uh, maybe a mile from me. Really? His wife was a, not a good person. Really? If you, sorry, Tim, if you ever listen to this. But yeah, he never met him in person. But yeah, his we would always go like, trick-or-treating in his neighborhood and stuff like that and she in was tim the tool man taylor yep. what was, she was not pleasant try to wow. keep it pg yeah 
Man. Yeah. I would have loved to. Man. Yeah, no, never met him, but. I'd, I'd probably geek out if I met him. I know he's, <laughs> a lot of people don't like him nowadays because he's pretty conservative. Right. But he was hilarious. I mean. Oh, yeah. Jeez, that show. It's been a long time since I've watched Home Improvement. And that show put Michigan on the map. It did. Yeah. yeah. He always, American must. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that <laughs> sound he made. All right. Was it Heidi that always introduced them? Uh, Heidi. Pamela Anderson was on that show. Yeah, she was. You're absolutely right. Yep. Yep. Man. <laughs> well, Drew, it's been a delight having you on. Oh, it's a pleasure. I look good, I, good conversation. I was excited for this. Yeah, I, man. Like um, I said, I've I've listened to almost all of your podcasts, so it's it's pretty cool to to be part of it. Wow. Thank you. As always, I tell people I take I don't take it lightly that you're letting me put your story out into the internet and all that so i thank you for coming on <laughs> man. happy to do it yeah happy and as always it. be excellent to each other and that's it <laughs>